Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Bonham and Back. I am joined by my co-host, my confidant, my loser. Uh, it's Liv. Hi Liv. Hey. Thank you for uh, doing another podcast with me, even though I know you probably want to quit and drop me by this time. I mean, that happened after the during the first episode, so Very true. you know what? I'm here, I'm committed. <laughs> <laughs> It's a marriage now at this point. It's a podcast marriage. Yes, yeah. Uh, How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a pretty chilled week. Not a lot to do. Yeah. I mean, a lot to do at work, but not a lot. Like, there's a lot of work, mm. but not necessarily pressing. So, I've been pretty relaxed. And I think nice. the weather's had everyone down. don't know how it's yep. been near you. But Yeah, Storm, Storm Kira claimed half my fence. Um, <laughs> So we've just got this open plane into the main road, which oh, is lovely. Sounds nice and safe. Really nice and safe. Yeah, great great for our dog. Yeah, yeah. Um. Let it right out. <laughs> uh yeah, so this week we watched the film Fatal Attraction. And yes, we did. I mean Oof. first first thoughts, what did you think? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um I was on the edge the whole time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did what it it wanted to do. Yeah. What about you? I loved it. I loved it. I thought you would so much. Yeah. As I was watching it, I was like, "Liv will love this film." Yeah. You saw a psychopathic woman and went, "Whoa, this is right (laughs) down." She can relate to this character. (laughs) (laughs) You said it. That's exactly what happened. Okay, so to give a synopsis of sort of what Fatal Attraction is about before we get into this, um, it's about, let's say, a happily married guy. Um, he lives in New York. His his job was a lawyer, I believe, um, and yep. his name was Dan. And what happens is his wife goes away for the weekend and he has an affair with his colleague, um, Alex. And, you know, the two share, like, a passionate weekend and all this. Um, but... At the end of the weekend, he kind of realises his wife comes back and he thinks to himself, oh my God, what have I done? Um, You know, I I have a wife and a kid and I'm very happy. Uh, But Alex, she is not letting go. Um, And throughout the film, you just realise she will literally stop at nothing to just have him for herself. And the film is really just about like how far she will go to get what she wants um she kind of keeps coming up to him giving him all these you know oh you have to be me for this reason this way and then you know she says she's pregnant and this whole thing spirals out of control till the end of the film when they've finally moved away his wife finds out about everything and it i mean should i say how i can say how it ends i was gonna say are we going for a spoiler filled uh synopsis go for it the film ends with her dying Dun, dun, dun. I twice. Have... <laughs> twice. <laughs> she does die twice. And I actually have a fun fact about that, but we'll get into that a bit later. Um, oh, teasing it. I, I know, I know. Uh, so, yeah, let's, I mean, do you want to give a, like, what you thought from beginning to end, or should should I just dive right in? Because I have a lot to you say about just, this film. Yeah, just dive in. Go uh, for it. Okay, so this film was uh, directed by Adrian Lynn. 
Um, I've not actually watched any of his other films other than um, Flashdance, which was, uh, that's made in what, the 80s? Um, yep. He's made other films that seem to have a very similar, uh, a similar sort of uh, vibe. Another film he made was called Indecent Proposal. There was one about a married couple called Unfaithful. Like he, Fatal Attraction seems to be sort of a recurring sort of thing for... Were they cheated on? Were they cheated on? Yeah, at some point in their lives. It feels like they're a bit bitter. Yeah, maybe Adrian was cheated on. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe, who knows what happened in Adrian's life. But... Adrian. (laughs) Adrian, if you're out there... (laughs) We just want to talk, you know, we're here. Um, <laughs> we have a Twitter, we have email, just get in touch, let us know. Are you okay? <laughs> but no, this, this. I, I mean, I think he did an amazing job directing this. Um, from the beginning of watching the film, just the way he is, I mean, obviously the acting plays a role in it with what the, the actors chose to do, the characters, but I just believe the way he directed the whole piece and had the characters' connections and stuff and... Even, you know, um, I read that he had a hand in picking the actors, obviously through the casting process, that I just think it was honestly down to a T. Like, he got it. He got it so well. And um, he actually created a film, uh, a short film called Diversion, um, which the producers of um, Fatal Attraction, which wasn't made at the time, right? But these two producers watch Diversion and they contacted him and they were like you need to expand on this like this could be a full film and that's exactly what became Fatal Attraction oh wow I didn't know that yeah so he definitely did have like a recurring sort of theme um in his theme of movies I guess like his genre moving on to something else like writing I didn't really delve that much into that I don't know that much about writing um sure so I kind of thought I'd leave that to if you. only we knew yeah if only <laughs> we knew someone who did <laughs> if only we knew someone who was a failed script writer do you reckon hey, uh, <laughs> does it count as failing if I never try uh, <laughs> I felt harsh saying it I really did uh I thought I'd leave the writing to you because I'm watching it thinking I can't really acknowledge the writing because I'm watching it before mm. I've seen, like... You're not reading it. You know what? I don't know. I mean, I... You know what? In terms of writing, from my perspective, was I really, I did really think it was very well written. Because yeah. Because especially there's a moment. So they kind of, within the film, as a viewer, you're sat there like, this woman is crazy like mm-hmm. she needs help all this and then he he says that the main character Dan he says you're crazy you need help mm-hmm. and she says something she says something along the lines of why because I don't want to be used as a whore and then thrown to the side <clears throat> and you're just sat there like oh fuck yeah why should she just accept that mm. and it's a lovely moment where you're like oh no you know what fair like obviously she takes it ridiculously far but why should he just get away with it and carry on with his normal life? Yeah. Um, did really well at creating empathy for this guy, sympathy for this character, even though clearly she uh, wasn't the <laughs> most well put together yeah. person. 
Um, but little things like that really, like the way the wife character was written was really well done. Like you kind of saw the contrast between her and Glenn Close's character at the start. Yeah, definitely. But also felt for the wife, so it was it was really nice to see. Yeah, I you know to, working on the writing, I did enjoy a lot of the lines that the characters had. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I I love the bit after. Um, Alex and Dan have just sort of had sex and he is leaving and she turns around and she goes, uh, if you, I think she says something like, if you told me to fuck off, I'd respect you more. Yeah. Uh, or like, I'd have more respect for you. And I was like, oh, what a line. And it's true. Yeah, yeah. You kind of, if you just had the balls to say it to her face, it would kind of, yeah, yeah. very it, different. It's so, it's so easy <clears throat> to convince yourself you're the nice guy mm. when reality is, you're doing a dickhead thing. Yeah. Just because you're apologetic about it doesn't mean you're not being a dickhead. Yeah. And you know, um, this film actually caused a lot of um, controversy. I'm like, is that a word? Yes, that, a that word. is a word. <laughs> this film you used it correctly as well. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, this film actually caused a lot of controversy when it came out. A lot of feminists were not happy with it because it actually painted um, the woman who in some ways is totally in the right for how mad mm. she gets. It painted her as a crazy woman and it painted this, like, scumbag cheating guy at the end of the film as sort of, like, a hero. Like, yeah. he, he kills her, but essentially it's like, you know, y- you did this horrible thing to this girl. You, you mm. had sex with her, you used her, you got her pregnant. And then and then somehow, even I did it, I found myself rooting for him in the movie. I was like, oh, yeah. my God, I want him to just be happy with his wife. But if this happened in real life, oh, my God. I would hate this guy. So it, yeah, but, it, it caused a it caused a big sort of thing. And also, um, Glenn Close, the actress, actually said throughout making this film, and the director said the same. They never perceived this girl as the villain. Never. Like she wasn't yeah. made to be the villain. She was made. You know, she was supposed to just be this like, um, you know, mentally sick person who needed help. Mm-hmm. And this man took advantage of her, which is crazy because. I, I mean, I got that. Now they've said it and I've read it. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I did root for him. I feel pretty bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> Glenn Close has said quite uh, in the last all five years that if she could go back, she would portray her differently. Yeah. To, to like, to make that clearer mm. for the audience. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's one of those where it's like a time thing, isn't it? Like if that was made now. Mm-hmm. It would get absolutely slammed, mm-hmm. um, but at the time, I mean, it was slammed at the time. As you said, it was quite controversial. But yeah. there weren't the Twitter warriors there are today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it was made now, I think mm-hmm. it would be a very different film. I think also because there's a lot more understanding about mental health, and so mm-hmm. maybe she wouldn't have been perceived that way. Um, yes. Yeah. Because. Yeah, she's sort of, like, made out to be more crazy. Like, she's made mm. out to be crazier than actually more just, like, mentally. She needs In help. In need of help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with that, with all that, the writing, beautiful. Like, it was, it was great. Yes. Well-written characters. Um... <laughs> Cinematography is my favourite bit to talk about. 
it's let me let me tell you something i've wrote so much about this where this is this is a triple layer dessert we're about to get into this spoon and can after i just spoon. say how cool you are carry on <laughs> i know you secretly love me okay um <laughs> layer after layer like this is this is a trifle and i'm not talking a rachel green trifle with beef this is a real trifle i'm about to get into okay (laughs) all right let's do it the cinematography in this movie was awesome i loved it like oh it kills me because the cinematography in the shining was the best and i i really wish i would have dug into that more but we just started the podcast and i didn't Mm -hmm. (sighs) i was watching it in this film okay (laughs) let's start from the beginning the color choices throughout the movie now when i start telling you all this you're probably gonna be like oh my god yeah let's start with alex that all white apartment they had her in amazing Mm -hmm. okay and they always had her dressed in white and it just felt like the space that she was living in was so plain and sort of like empty being a white it felt like an an insane like asylum like an insane mm-hmm. asylum. It literally felt like they were mirroring the character's personality through her environment. Yeah. And every time he stepped into that, it, they they would use different lighting in that place. And it would feel like he stepped into her craziness. And I felt it every time I watched them. It was insane. And also, this is sort of production and cinematography that I loved. How... And if you notice this, her apartment felt so open. It was super open yeah. plan. It had an open kitchen to bedroom to living room. It was sort of like one big floor space. Mm-hmm. Whereas his home space, although it was a new, like it felt so small. I'm sure it wasn't because he was a lawyer, but I felt like everything there was like that hallway that had a kid's bike and then it turned into the kitchen that felt small and all this. And I just felt like through the way they shot it, And having those sort of tight spaces to open, it kind of showed how free Dan felt when he was with Alex. And then when he was back at his place, how like tight and restraining his life was due to like pressure. And like, Mm -hmm. he said he had loads of job work and all this stuff that I I felt it. Like he felt like two different characters in these two environments. Um, And the way they shot that was mm, amazing. Um, And like, Every time we saw, like, we saw her in different colours, but even when she stepped out of that, um, they f- he, they filmed her in white. And it just kept that continuous, like, you would have this sort of, like, um, his home was very earthy colours, which I felt was more like his wife. You know, it was, it was where her mother lived. It was really nice. And then when she steps in, there was a scene where she goes to go and talk to the wife. And I remember she's wearing this, like, white sort of, like, um, suit dress thing and I was just watching that thinking you just look like a crazy person who's broken out of somewhere and it's and it just like the choice of doing that the colors and dressing her that way and she like it was amazing now my favorite scene which is so random was definitely when the wife was getting ready um they were about to have a to jog your memory it's just mm. before they're having a dinner with their friends and then Alex calls the apartment and the wife picks up and she's like, hello, hello. No one's there and she puts yeah. the phone out. Yeah. So before that, when she's getting ready, it's sort of like she's looking in a mirror. There's a lot of close-up shots of her like 
rubbing her palms together. I'm guessing she's putting on perfume and uh, he's sat behind her watching her in the mirror, her husband. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I, I friggin' love this scene. Um, and it's just because it sort of like was one contrast to another because we'd seen him with Alex where he was in that like somehow felt dark room but it had like harsh weird lighting nothing really felt soft it felt cold we'd seen that dark relationship and then to have this really nice scene of the first time really we saw him be intimate with his wife even though they Mm. you know they weren't sitting together But it was just this really nice scene where the lighting was so soft and it had hints of pink, which obviously gives romance. And the whole thing just felt warm. And it was so simple. You know, she was rubbing her hands. Like I said, she was touching her skin. She's smiling into the mirror. But I just love so much how these little shots made me feel closer to that character and how loving she was. It sort of straight away made me feel like, God, this this is like... This is the mother of his child. This is a this is a nice, caring woman. And she just seemed so gentle in her way. And like the light was just she was just bathed in this warm pink light. It was very soft edges, nothing felt harsh. And it sort of gave you a sensual feeling that it, it was it was so different to what we'd seen from his other relationship. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was that was that was the favourite scene for me. It was so random that I enjoyed it. Um but it's really what made me start to feel Beth as like a mother and truly like the woman that he loved. It made her feel more like home. <sighs> I just I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed like watching things like that. I love I love watching I really enjoy cinematography. I think it's amazing how you can look at particular things. I could literally analyze every scene, but this podcast would go on forever. Um Yeah. So I'm not going to do it, but I just gave you... I don't, I don't need that in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I picked a few scenes, uh, yeah. but that's that's how I felt in cinematography. It was great. No, re- really cool, because you went really into that. I don't, I'll be honest, I don't really know what to look for when it comes to cinematography. I just kind of sit back and enjoy mm. the movie. And like um, like we've already said, I'm a, I'm a failed writer. So one of the mm-hmm. things that I look at as well as writing is like the plot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Uh, one of my favourite things to do is to find things in the plot that annoy me. Um, it it means I'm terrible to go to the cinema with, but I enjoy it. And um, <laughs> when when they have their affair, mm-hmm. so basically his wife goes away for the weekend. Um, so she leaves with the kid on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and he goes straight to work. Because okay. he's been called in on a Saturday, and um, Alex is there, and it's raining when he leaves work, so sh- she like helps him with the umbrella. They like go for a drink, then they go back to hers, have a whole night t- together. Then he goes back to his apartment Sunday morning. That means from Saturday, early Saturday morning, through to Sunday morning, that poor dog was on his own in that flat <laughs> oh, the <Quincy>. entire time. <laughs> I did think and this. I, I was watching that I was, thinking, this dog has been alone for a yeah. long time. And I was there like, you know what? You know what, pal? Sleep with whoever you want. Don't fuck over the dog. Mm-hmm. Okay? Poor Quincy. So that's annoying me. The, <laughs> the other thing that got me <laughs> was... Um, so... We, we've kind of talked about this off mic 
uh, how the only thing we knew about this film was the infamous bunny boiler yes. uh, reference that this film makes, which is essentially the family go visit the mum's parents. Alex sneaks in um, and cooks their pet bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, so they come home to find someone's broken into the house, take taken the rabbit, <clears throat> put it in the pot, boiled it and left. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They sleep in that house still. They stay mm-hmm. in that house. They just, yeah, oh, I'm sure it's fine. They probably won't come back, whoever broke into our house. And boiled um, a rabbit. And, yeah, and it's clearly um, violent and physically violent. Mm-hmm. And it happened again at the end. So, like, as you said, Alex dies, and they kill her in their house. And the police are like, oh, thanks for everything. They're like, that's all right, see you later. And they stay in the house. Yeah, you know It's a I, murder scene I now. did wonder that straight away. I was thinking, surely this would have been taped off. They would have had to do some evidence. Yeah. And you wouldn't want to sleep there. Like, no. somebody just died. The little girl must be like, what the fuck? Why are we here? Well, that was one bit of a plot hole for me. This kid yeah. woke up. When, when he tells his wife that he's cheated, the kid yeah. wakes up. She's like screaming. Yep. The mum's screaming. She's like, get out. Are we in the house? Which is totally understandable. And the yeah. kid wakes up, the kid's crying. So the kid wakes up for an argument, but you're telling me she slept through a gunshot, a stabbing, <laughs> her, her mum screaming on the floor, being like, Dan, Dan. And the kid's just, she's snoozing away. She didn't wake up for any of it, but she woke up for a for a little spat in the, in the living room? No. Because she woke up so- hearing that from the living room, but she didn't hear it from the... the uh, the bathroom that's like two doors down she didn't hear someone being murdered that's insane i couldn't accept that similarly how how loud is their kettle that, oh yeah uh dad can hear a murder going on because his kettle was whistling so i like to say a lot of sarcastic things in my head as do you and uh I, it felt more like you know like a reaction video where you see people watching movies and they film themselves see the reactions I was watching that film when the kettle went off to myself. I went, that kettle must be as loud as a steam train. Like, <laughs> I don't know how he how he did not hear. That was small plot, plot hole there. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but all those things I said were tiny things. I still really enjoyed the movie. Oh, yeah. Like picking and those things out. Just to go back on the, um, the thing that you brought up about the bunny boiler, which obviously was this really weird but iconic sort of scene. Um... Mm. A little bit of a fact here. The term bunny boiler actually became so popular from that movie that the UK Urban Dictionary actually listed it as a term. (laughs) And uh, to give you the definition, bunny boiler means after a relationship breakup, the person who wants some kind of revenge like stalking or harassment. So if someone is stalking you after breaking up with you, you can be like, they're such a bunny boiler. That's a that's a real term out there now, thanks to that movie. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, how films and TV can really influence just our lexicon as a society. Yeah, it blows my mind. Um, but out of interest, because mm-hmm. I had this, because like again, all I knew was the bunny boy scene. Yes. So I assumed that the whole bunny being boiled was the end. Like it would be building because, like, if it's be a, a really it, bad ending. That's what I mean. So I was there, like, when the bunny boiling happened. I then like saw how much was left, and it was like forty minutes. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's just a, it's just a random scene. <laughs> but, yeah, I assumed it was like 
the climax. But sometimes that happens in films. I guess like the iconic thing mm. is just like a random passing line. Yep. Sort of like yeah, yeah. sort of like in Jaws, like when he sees the shark for the first time and he says, you know, we're gonna need a bigger boat. But mm-hmm. that's not the ending. It's not it's not like he dies in a little boat and he's like, Oh, we should have had a bigger boat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Be quite a funny ending actually. <laughs> um But it's We'll try we'll try in the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> That's um yeah, but it's it's crazy how how lines like that yeah really can have an effect I guess and become mm. sort of um, part of um, sort of like pop culture I guess. Editing now. Oh geez, all right. Yeah. This film, and I am so sorry if I butcher their names. I don't really know how to pronounce them. Uh, this film was edited by Michael Kahn. I think that's how you pronounce it. And Peter okay. E. Uh, Berger. Berger? Berger. Berger. Berger? B-E-R-G-E-R? Berger. I might, I might just clip your Burger Berger and just put it on loop. <laughs> Berger. Berger? Berger. Berger? Burger, burger. Can be your like new ringtone. <laughs> uh, yeah, so getting to that, um, I think uh, the film is edited very nicely, very very nicely. Mm. Um, everything just felt like it transitioned from one to another um, because yep. sometimes you know I watch a film and it could change scene, and straight away my first thought is, wait, where are they? Or like, where what's yeah. going on? And this this film had quite a few locations. You know, they could either be in the country or her apartment, his apartment his office mm. or all these places but I never really found myself wondering where they were or thinking oh that was a weird cut which sometimes I do watch in films I think that was a random cut or that was like a random yeah. shot but it was it was very nice it never felt like it was dragging and they added nice little bits in between like when they're driving the country having a nice shot of like a car going around a corner and then changing to like a wheel pulling up on the drive and it it sort of just took me from one place to another seamlessly. Um, mm. And I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I never felt lost between scenes. I don't really have much more to say about it other than, well done. It was nice. It was, yeah, mm. very nice. What, it flowed. What what I would say, one of the things I really liked about it was um, it did very well at building up suspense, even within like little scenes. So yes. The, the one that sticks out in my mind is when he leaves work and goes to get his car. I know exactly. And he walks, yeah, he walks yeah. into the car park mm-hmm. and the car park attendant isn't there. Mm-hmm. And straight away you're like... Has she killed go. him? Yeah. yeah. As soon as he's not there, he you're thinking, the lift. where is he? Yeah, and then he gets in the lift and you're just like, it's so slow going up and yeah. the whole time you're like, shit, shit. At some point she is going to... You just, you just feel it mm-hmm. and you're you're terrified for him yeah uh, and it, again that comes down to how it's shot mm-hmm. the music I thought was really good like it's mm-hmm. uh, backing track mm-hmm. really created an atmosphere that was mm-hmm. really impressive so yeah I really enjoyed that I yeah Cine- you know again and that comes into cinematography like straight away mm-hmm. choosing just the simple choice of deciding in that elevator they weren't going to have what you would usually have which would be like a bright white sort of floodlight 
and just switching yeah. it out for that red light and having it so dark that whenever he turns towards the camera, the only illumination we had on his face was that red sort of menacing and red in a movie means anger, danger. And it was, yeah, it just, even having that simple choice, um, mm-hmm. just, and having it so dark in the thing. And then when they've edited and cut that together, it really gives you this horrible atmosphere that you just don't know what is going on. And yeah. it was it was great. I loved it. Okay, so the bit which I guess is the the, the meat of the podcast, even though mm-hmm. Phil's cinematography took the trophy today. Uh, <laughs> the acting. Yep. We've not even got into the actors. Um, so let's start with Glenn Close. I mean, yes, please. What, what did you think? Well, there's a reason she was Oscar nominated for this. Mm-hmm. But so... sadly, didn't win the Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Um... A lot of people believe that was uh, like one of the saddest Oscar losses of like of all time. Really? I yeah. W- who did she lose to? Do you know? Uh, no, but I will find out whilst you go into what you think about it. Um, so I just thought oh it's okay I've got it here uh, she lost to Cher for Moonstruck oh I did know that I did know that I read it before <laughs> Lim. I knew she lost to Cher but I didn't know what film yeah um, no I, I thought it was excellent in terms of the way she we talked about when it came to The Shining how Jack Nicholson tried to show this deterioration um, but I thought the way Glenn Close did it was perfect. Like that idea of when everything is great in her mind, she is great. And then as soon as something doesn't go her way, as soon as it doesn't fit into this delusional world she's created for herself, she just loses it. And you really felt that. Yeah. Um, that she kept trying to justify everything. She kept mm. trying to, um, compromise like within herself to make everything fit her logic mm-hmm. um, no no he said this because actually it's this and all that and it it was just really really well done where it was such a well rounded character and you just you felt um, like I said earlier you kind of felt that sympathy for her where you kind of knew where she was coming from as well as like you understood even though you knew she was taking it too far you still were like feeling for this girl mm-hmm. yeah, what did you think of Glenn? she was amazing and honestly mm. um, this is a I mean oh, this is slightly embarrassing I've never actually watched her in anything other than 101 Dalmatians which really? is yeah which is crazy because I mean someone will probably say a film and I'll go oh yeah no I've seen that but that I can Guardians think of, of the Galaxy? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, I'm not counting. Ca- Guardians. I'm not. No, I've seen that. I'm not counting that. I'm not counting that. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. I've never seen her in a leading role, um, and so mm. to see her from because let me get one to. I was terrified of her as a child. Who wasn't? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, and so this was this was insane to see her like acting real but at the same and I, I do think she was acting real it wasn't like a theatrical role it was genuinely how I think uh, someone who is um, 
you know, mentally ill would actually yeah. act. Um, but it was amazing. I thought she was great. And, you know, I did a lot of, I looked into how she prepared for the role and stuff. And she did a lot of research for this character. She looked at so many things. She did a lot of method and things like that. Um, mm. And it actually led me to find out that there were two endings to this movie. In the first ending, Alex and Dan have this sort of fight. Well, it wasn't... Um, this is an ending, sorry. You know where Alex and Dan have the fight and he pulls the knife off of her and then she, like... he, You know and you, you know which bit I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where he confronts her in her apartment. Yeah. And there's this shot where he places the knife down. The camera lingered on the knife for a long time. <coughs> then it showed her smiling to the point where I was thinking... That was a really... There was a small part of me that was like, oh, it was a really weird shot to yeah. linger on the knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was about to be like, hmm, weird for editing. Like, editing should have cut that out. But then I came to find out exactly why there was that linger on the knife. So the first ending of the film, and this was actually played for a test audience who just felt like it didn't give them closure at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But... um Dan actually places that knife down and the character um, Alex is smiling to herself because when he leaves she uh, stabs herself and kills herself and frames him for murder because he left his fingerprints on the knife yeah yeah and Glenn Close actually felt so happy with that ending Mm -hmm. because she felt like that is what someone who is disturbed would do Yeah, because it's like a way of seeking attention and love from someone. Mm. Um, But they played it for a test audience. They didn't like it. And so six months, actually, I believe it was six months after finishing filming, they actually had to refilm the ending where they did the uh, the shooting, where she dies in the bathtub. Wow. Which is a... Which um, Glenn Close hated. She hated it because she said she felt like she betrayed the character. And she believed that the character was, um, that she had built upon research and, you know, all these things that she'd made this character. She felt like she betrayed her because she was more disturbed than actually psychologically crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ending with the thing, turning up with a knife, wanting to kill his wife. She was like, that's, that's what a crazy person does. That's what a killer does. She wasn't a killer. She never harmed the child. Mm. She never did it. She wasn't crazy. She was disturbed. She was trying to get his attention. And killing herself would have been a great way to do it. Whereas killing his wife Mm. obviously would drive him away from her. So I I get that. And it it blew my mind that all this went into, you know, she had all this thought process just to act out her character. She really created this whole world for Alex and... I think it shows it's, in the film. It's interesting. Like I don't, I don't want to disagree with Glenn, but I am. Um, mm. For me, if that other ending had happened, I mm-hmm. I agree with the test audience. I had happened because basically, whether it's whether she's telling the truth or not, within the film, she tells Dan that because of their affair, she is now pregnant, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of got the impression that she was using this pregnancy to hold on to like oh it's going to be a fresh start for me like everything's going to be great I'm going to have this like man who loves me I'm going to have this baby who'll love me finally my life will be the perfection 
that I deserve, that I want. Um, but killing herself would obviously obviously harm the baby uh, to the point mm-hmm. and which wouldn't have fit in for me with her mindset. And then going to the end when she shows up with a knife. Again, it's that idea of, you know, she's got this warped logic that she's so close to having the life she wants. She just needs to get rid of an obstacle. That's it. She'll get rid of the obstacle, the yeah. wife, and now then she'll get everything she wants. Ellen, Ellen already really likes her because she took her to the park, so she's already got the daughter on side. It's just the wife. That's oh, yeah. that's to yeah. me. That's what I got from it, and I thought that was, mm. like I said, a much more satisfying ending. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I, you lay it out like that, and I'm like, damn, you're right. <laughs> that's, yeah. No, that's yeah. No, that's yeah. <laughs> that's it. That fits well with the character that she made. Yeah. Um, I can I can see, but yeah, no, she just felt betrayed. She felt like it really made her look like a psychopath Fair enough. at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Michael Douglas. Um, what did you think? Uh, I think it was great. Mm. I, th- I really thought he was great. Now I know for a fact I've I, I swear I've, I've never really watched him in a leading role in a film. Mm-hmm. I know that for sure. Okay. Um, and I have thought you, he was. Have really... you seen Ant Man? <laughs> I have seen (laughs) there you go (laughs) but these aren't real movies a Marvel movie is not like a alright Martin Scorsese like relax it's not going to win an Oscar is it Marvel movies are like these feel good (laughs) I crave them sort of like junk food movies you know don't get me wrong I also still think they're friggin awesome yeah yeah but you know um I thought Michael Douglas was really good. Mm. Um, and I, I especially loved how he was able to create sort of this this character that somehow I rooted for, mm-hmm. yet I really, on another level, didn't like yeah. for what he did. But, like, oh, I found myself rooting for him more than I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like how he was able to create two sort of relationships with these women yep. uh, the way he acted with Glenn Close really just made me feel like passion and lust and I was like yeah and then when she went you know a bit disturbed I was like damn you know he the way he did it like mm. yeah I really enjoyed it I feel like he really did just show these two sort of personalities within him one that he was with his wife and the one that he was with um, Alex and yeah. I thought he did it great so, it was really, really good. Similar to going close, where it just felt justified what he was doing. Um, yeah, like, yeah, he, you know, he he felt trapped. He just needed a weekend break. He he doesn't deserve all this, but obviously, like, it's it's a lot more complicated than that. I I now mm-hmm. have a fun fact. Um, oh, did you did you know that Michael Douglas won Oscar for best best actor that year, but not for um, Fatal Attraction? I did not know yeah, that. That's yeah. really cool. What did he win for? Uh, Wall Street. So, because oh, okay. the sort of eighties, nineties was Michael Douglas' peak time. He was in loads of big films, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, he so he was in two sort of huge films that year. Um, Wall, the Wall Street is in the list of a thousand more movies. So at some point oh. we will get to it. But yeah, um, so that shows just how capable of an actor he is. Because he he um, filmed both at the same time, so he'd do a week of Fatal Attraction, then a week of Wall Street, 
then a week of Fatal Attraction, then a week of Wall Street. So we had to flip between these two diff- very different characters. Um, oh, damn. And he, he accomplished it so well, he got an Oscar for one of them. So... Wow. Very impressive. Uh, I didn't have much to say on the wife, just because I feel like I didn't really. Interesting, because she, she got Oscar nominated for this film. No, I for I'm best supporting actress. I, yeah, I thought no, I thought she was great. Yeah. Like I thought she was great. I just feel like I was so consumed with what Alex was gonna do. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I didn't find myself watching. Uh, yeah. I, th- I believe she's called Anne Archer. Yes, she is. Yeah. Um, I didn't find myself watching her performance as much as the others. But when I actually did, you know, it's crazy because my favourite scene was of her. Uh, yes, yeah. But when I I found myself really, if I you know if I look back now, she's very good. She's mm. very good. I loved when I really you know actually to talk about one of her acting choices I love when he told her he was having an affair yes how some people would have chose to in that moment be like oh you know and shout their lines but the way she cried mm. I really felt that she just sort of cried in her, into her hands and mm-hmm. even even the said, bit before when he hasn't said it yet and she goes what is it are you having an affair and he yeah. just goes yes and you see her face and it just drops. She just drops. So and when good. she says, do you love her? I thought, you know, that, that would be your question, mate. Because that is another way of saying, like, is she, like, the new one? You know, yeah, it was yeah. It was really... She was good. She was very, very good. good. Um, I really reside with her as this, like... I sympathised with her. I felt very sorry for her for what she was going through. And it's sort of like her husband brought this crazy into her house mm. that just wasn't necessary. Um, and yeah, no, she was she was very good. Um, moving on to Ellen Latson, Latson. Don't know how you say her last name. Mm. This is the kid. Yeah, I just thought I'd touch on this really quick. Yeah, yeah. I thought the kid was good. Very good. I thought she was really good. because uh, you know it. I find when I watch a film with a child actor, it either goes one or two ways. Either the kid is really good, and I'm truly believing that this kid believed that is their parent and they live in that world. Yeah. Or I'm watching a kid who is just, before they've shot that take, has been said, okay, this person's going to say this, and then you're going to say this. And it just feels like they're saying a line. I No, I, I genuinely felt like the, the kid was awesome. The kid was really good. Couldn't wake up when someone was being murdered. <laughs> but she was good. My um, My partner, Aggie, didn't watch this with me, but walked in at some point while I was watching it and it was during a scene between the daughter and Michael Douglas and mm-hmm. she just kind of stopped and was drawn by by the scene and literally went mm-hmm. oh my god she's she is so cute with him like that's a real yeah. dad and daughter and I was like yeah how intimate she was with Michael Douglas I thought it was really beautiful like when um she was practicing like her lines for something mm-hmm. and he looks at her and says come here and she hugged him, and when she says, I love you, Daddy, and kissed his cheek, I, I thought... I think that was the I scene, question. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. I, th- I thought, really nice between them. And when she pulled his headphone off at the beginning and was like, Daddy, the phone. Mm-hmm. And she was really nice. It was, yeah, yeah, it was refreshing to see a character that can click with... Uh, a child that clicks with the actor. I agree. I've not really... I, it's really rare to see. I saw that, I mean, in Room... Uh, <laughs> 
Which, what you saw with Jacob Tremblay. Which we'll probably person. reference like every episode. <laughs> every single episode. This is this podcast is actually called Film Should Be Like Room. <laughs> Are it. you room enough? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, yeah, great. Okay. My whole sort of research yeah. with sound. Because okay. I feel like the sound in this film was really good. Yeah. Um, the sound was done by a man called Maurice Jarre. Ah, uh, Maurice. He is a... Yeah, you know Maurice. <laughs> uh, he is a French composer. Okay. Um, I don't have a lot to... I, I don't have a lot to say in the sense that I'm not that educated on sound. Yeah. But what I will say is that the choices of music uh, from choosing the opera thing mm-hmm. to the pieces that when that we heard when we would see Alex and the piece when you'd see Beth and stuff, it, it all just felt like it fit. Mm-hmm. And it really, it actually made me think it'd be really nice to watch this film without any speaking and just watch him act with the music. Yes, yeah. Because it was really nice. And not even just the music, um, the sound effects as well. Mm-hmm. I, I liked how in this film, sometimes you'll find that when there's like a big dramatic moment, they just gotta have all music. And sometimes I think it's too much, but they really knew in this movie when to have music and when not to. Um, and a great, a great example of this was when. Um, Beth goes to pick uh, Ellen up from school and the teachers tell her that Ellen has left and straight away we know we're like yeah. oh great she's with the bunny boiler <laughs> um, and it's this great scene where Beth is sort of in her car and she's freaking out as anybody would if they couldn't find their child and the music is like dun, 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 and you really feel like you're getting the tension and you're thinking oh shit shit and then and it, whenever it cuts to Alex who we see has weirdly enough taken Beth to the fun fair yeah um, no, taking Ellen to the fun fair, not Beth. <laughs> uh, there, there's no music. You're just hearing like the fairgrounds, and there's this bit where Beth is driving. And the music is mm. so tense, then it cuts to the it cuts to Alex and Ellen, and you can just hear the from the roller coaster. And yeah. clearly, they're going up and up and up, and cuts back to Beth, and the music's going crazy. And Every time we went back to Beth, the music is climbing and climbing and climbing. And just before it peaks, it cuts back to Alex. And it's when they've gone down on the roller coaster. And it's just pure screams. And sort of this moment where you're wondering if the kid's enjoying herself. Or I kind of wonder if the kid was screaming because she was terrified. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was was great. I love that. Um, Also, how different of a film would it be if she took Beth to the fun fair. <laughs> it would have been a very different film. I just want to chat uh, while we no, eat some candy floss. <laughs> We're sister wives. <laughs> just like it this thing together. It would have been a, it would have been a very different film. Oh, yeah. It would have made the in- ending way more sinister. Yep. Alex sort of in that bathtub like... <laughs> We rode the roller coaster <laughs> together. <laughs> but right. I, it would have been great. Actually, we kind of touched on it, but real quick. That ending, she was dead in that yeah. bathtub. No one's that good at 
pretending to be dead. <laughs> yeah. Like. Well, I don't know. They say, I mean, sometimes with drowning people, <coughs> um, I think I've read this before. I could be totally wrong. Mm. Like you could have an air, like an air bubble or an air pocket in your lung that comes up, which is what happened when she sort of comes out of that bathtub. Uh. Fair you know, where she's like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. does the thing. But yeah, I don't think it was that she was pretending because her eyes were rolling. Yeah. She was. <laughs> but that's that was the one thing. I sort of felt like he strangled her to death and then she came to life mm. more than she drowned because her eyes were like going and his yeah. hand was shaking on her neck. But I mean, I won't complain. I enjoyed it. No, I yeah, predicted definitely. it. So that is my whole feeling wrapped into one of the whole film that was the trifle right there nice that was every layer and of it and i ate it up and i loved it uh oh, yeah <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> bit too much cream but don't worry about it. um <laughs> you didn't like the beef <laughs> the peas were good it was just the it was the onion that got me out of a hundred uh we've kind of used as a scale zero being the visit which is a film Liv and i watched at the cinema that we hated and room as a hundred which is a film Liv and i saw at the cinema that we loved so that's kind of the scale we're going from um in terms of fatal attraction i feel like the last couple of weeks i've started off high and you've brought me down i feel like it's going to be the other way around this week (laughs) so why don't you start off because I have a number in my head, but I am interested to see, without my influence, where you go. I'm going to give it 78. Okay. So yeah. my instinct was 66. So... Oh, okay. Yeah. Should we, right. should we kind of uh, come halfway to 72? Yes. Yeah, 72? Yeah. Because yeah. that would make it the highest of the ones we've done so far, which I think is right. Um, I'm I'm happy with that. I was between seventy and eighty, right. and I was like, oh, I'm leaning towards eighty. Yeah. But so seventy two is fine with me. Cool. I'm very happy for it to go there. Nice. Uh, I have a game. <sighs> Tell me more. <laughs> so. Uh, this game is quite simple. I'm going. You might have seen a version of it before, where I read you a uh, bad description of a plot, and you have to tell me uh, what I film the plot game. is about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I love this. Okay. Okay. So your first one is: Idiot Ginger and Mouse violate eight health code regulations. Ah, Ratatouille. Yes. One out of one. There's ten, so we'll see how many you get. Older sister ruins younger sister's chance to be on nationally televised game show. Hunger Games. Yes, nice. Um, Woman (laughs) abandons... Two out of two, you're doing well. Woman abandons all her standards to win back a horny teenager with greasy hair. Oh... Grease? Yes, yeah. The greasy hair kind of helps you there. <laughs> yeah. Drunk guy keeps losing his transportation. Oh, 
keeps losing his transportation. Oh, um. <gasps> no. <laughs> uh, oh, that's really going to annoy me because I feel like I have two in my head. Yeah. Well, you're two, just out of interest. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say one of them. I feel like it's uh, Han Solo in Star Wars. Okay. But then I'm like, no. <gasps> Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Well done. Uh, <laughs> God, that was stressful. Okay. Stor- That's why I was like, Han Solo <coughs> it doesn't get drunk, but he does lose the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Okay, next one's quite easy. Story of a boy so annoying, his parents abandon him every Christmas, hoping somebody will kill him. <laughs> Home alone. <laughs> but I do love that. Is that the story of your life? <laughs> no, they leave me all year, every year, not just Christmas. <laughs> um, a young man forcibly binds other men and photographs them for money. Oh my god! Um, and from, can you read that one again? A young man, young man. forcibly bl- uh, binds other men and, photo- and photographs them for money. Spider-Man? Yes. Really good. Well done. I didn't expect, really? Yeah, I didn't expect you to get that one. No, neither did I. <laughs> the next one is a series of naps. A series of naps? Yep. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> naps. <laughs> I want to get them all right, but I can't think of what that could be. I can give you a little clue uh, if you want me to. No, I don't want a clue. <laughs> don't like clues only in an escape room <laughs> uh, series of naps inception yes well done got it <laughs> I'm getting so excited miserable billionaire terrorises mentally ill man Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, miserable billionaire oh is it the Dark Knight? Yes, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I've heard that one before. That came from the back of my oh, head. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Next one you should get. How many How many am I on? Just you're on eight out of eight. You're, oh you're loving life. Is, um, I feel like I've won the Olympics. <laughs> well, you haven't. Um, yeah, but I'm in bronze right now. So okay. <laughs> a love triangle between an 18-year-old girl, a 100-year-old guy, and a dog. Twilight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See last week's episode for our feelings on Twilight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she started wearing less and going out more. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> yeah. A few films in mind, but... Uh, this is question no. 10, by the way. <laughs> I don't like losing. <laughs> <laughs> uh... God, I've got Drake's stupid hotline bling in my head. Why? Because <laughs> that's the song lyric. He goes, start it where and less and going out more. Oh, sure. Going out more. The irony is I know you really like this film. <laughs> I'm going to scream. <laughs> okay, I'll, I will give you, because I've now thought of a clue that I don't think gives it away straight away. Um... Do I still get 10? Yes, fine. Because otherwise you'll moan at me for a week. 
No, I've thought of All it. Right. I've thought of it. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Oh, I thought it was easy A. Okay. Because that's what she does. She says, but no. M- mean Girls? Yes. Is it? <laughs> I actually just got so excited. <laughs> I don't know what that noise was, but you, you got... So that was me screaming, is it? <laughs> I handle that. <laughs> That's what happiness sounds like. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, do you want to do the same? Sure thing. I don't think I'd be that good. Okay, what? Sorry. Uh, here we go. <laughs> so wait, I'm going to do 10, right? So your first one is interracial meet the parents. <laughs> um, interracial get out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've gone on Twitter for mine, so my <laughs> plot explanations might be like really inappropriate. Um, a convicted terrorist and a kid with blue hair with ADHD. <laughs> A hunted down by an evil redditor. Redditor? I don't even know what that word means. Does it mean predator or redditor? <laughs> it says redditor. But how how have they spelled redditor? R-E-double... Yeah, R-E-double-D-I-T-O-R. Oh, so they mean someone like um, online or something. Can you read it to me again? A convicted terrorist and a kid with blue hair with ADHD are hunted down by an evil redditor. Kid with blue hair. What? I feel like I've given you really hard ones. Yeah, I really, I I don't think I know that one. Go on, tell me. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, that came out like two days ago. I know, you know what? I regret, I regret giving you that one. But you didn't get it, so you're one out of two. Wow. (laughs) Um, Guy never loses his sense of humour, despite being shot multiple times. Guy never... Oh, uh, Wolverine? No, uh, Deadpool. Oh, sure. Um, Noseless Guy has an unhealthy obsession with a teenage boy. Harry Potter. (laughs) There you go. Two, two out of four. <laughs> I really one of them wasn't fair. Uh, let's see. Man destroys family heirloom. Man destroys family heirloom. I literally have no idea. Hang on. Man destroys family. This is a hard one. Do you want a clue? Yes, please. And I'll let you... Uh, it's set in a fantasy sort of world. Okay. Oh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. This plot says, I'm not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see what the next... I'm trying to skip the ones that are really hard. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, this film is described as male Pocahontas with blue people. Oh, <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Okay. Adopted kid's older brother won't let him hold the hammer. I'll say that again. Adopted kid's older brother won't let him hold (laughs) the hammer. Is it uh, Thor? Yeah. (laughs) That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, An uncle kills a child's father 
So a pig and rat help him get his revenge. Lion King. Yeah. Uh, Man's midlife crisis endangers the whole family and the entire city. Can you give me a hint? (laughs) It's an animation. Okay. No, you don't have to tell me. The Incredibles. I disagree, but okay. <laughs> totally has a midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, but that's not what endangers the city. It's yeah, because the, the thing he, comes. And... Yeah, but it's a kid who he scorned as a child. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Okay, uh, I'm gonna do a, an eleventh one, which is actually your tenth one, because we're gonna ignore the Sonic okay. the Hedgehog oh. one. Um, this one is a hard one, though. Go on, give it to me. I love this film. Okay. This is what the plot says. It's a classic. Guy meets girl. Guy loses girl. She's lost. They reunite and live happily ever after. It's a classic. Guy meets girl. Guy loses girl. Guy. Girl is lost. She's lost. Oh, and then I... Sorry. Girl is lost. Girl comes back. Reunites and live happily ever after. (laughs) Is it gone girl? (laughs) It is. <laughs> I thought there was yeah. sarcasm to it. Yeah. So what, I got 8 out well of 10? Uh, 9 out of 10. Oh, nice. I'll take it. You just didn't get a Deadpool? Yes, yeah. Oh, cool. Well done. Okay. Okay, so the final thing we have to do uh, is pick our film for next week. Okay, so, I get really excited about this now. So please pick a number. Okay, what am I picking between again? It's like between 20 and I think it's like 900 and something. 920, for... yeah. <coughs> 899. Ooh. Okay, so there are two films on page 899. Would you like one or two? I don't like this because I say one and then you go... Oh, wish it was two. No, to, uh, either of these I don't mind, to be fair. Because uh, I haven't heard two? of either of them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> two. All right. The film we are watching this week is called Aileen Vornos, The Life and Death of a Serial Killer. <gasps> I've watched this. <laughs> Have you actually? Cool. Yeah. Uh, wait, Aileen. We, how do you pronounce her? We, la- how do you spell her last name? W U O R N O S. Yeah, Vornos. I watched it after I watched American Horror Story because they had oh, cool. that character in it one season. Well, can't wait to watch it. <laughs> yeah, all and right. Feel free to watch it again if you want to. <laughs> yeah, no, I I didn't really like watch it. Watch it. Mm. It was more on, and I was doing things, Fair. so I'll definitely get into cool. it. But sounds good. All right, all right. then. Until next week. Until next week, because we definitely won't talk between now and then. <laughs> no, I don't like you enough yeah. to talk to you that much. All right, see you later. All right then. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.